Hey, this is Kristen and Jared from Repeat Repeat. And you're listening to Sound Sessions. So please, please, won't you be my girlfriend? We won't need anybody else. No one can tear us down. I'll take you to the airport if you go out of town. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Mike from WGN Radio Sound Sessions here at South by Southwest, and I'm elated to be speaking to the band Repeat Repeat. What's going on, guys? Oh, nothing. We're just we're getting ready to play our show tonight, and mm-hmm. we got some sleep, which is rare at South by Southwest, yeah. and we're doing good. It feels a little bit here like everything is going on. I think the answer is everything is going on here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. There's a million things going on all around you. <laughs> the voices you're hearing are Jared and Kristen Quarter. Am I saying that last name right? Yeah. yeah. Jared and Kristen Quarter. Like Corduroy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That works pretty well. Yeah. Comfy and rock and roll yeah. at yeah. the same time. Somebody, a little bit of vintage. Yeah. And yeah. a little bit of new wave. I don't know. <laughs> So we, before we were speaking and we got on air with each other, you mentioned huge news, especially coming to Chicago with you guys. Could you tell us a little bit about it? So we just, I guess this was Friday. Mm-hmm. Was that yesterday? No. Uh, today's yesterday. Friday. It's South by Brain. I know. Oh, yeah. Today's Friday. Okay. Sometime in the last 48 hours, <laughs> we announced that we are going to go on the road with the Black Keys and Modest Mouse for, I guess, about half or so of their arena dates in the U.S. Yeah. this fall, September and October. And one of those dates is September 27th at the United Center in Chicago. Geez, that, that, you can't get any bigger than the Net Center, for real. That's I where the Bulls so. play. Yeah, I know. Um, I keep making this really stupid Mike, uh, the dad joke. I keep saying it's where Michael B. Jordan played <laughs> basketball. And uh, no one thinks it's funny, except for me. So I, I find dad jokes funny. They're, yeah, yeah, they're the kind of thing, if you say it enough times, people will just laugh out of pity. So maybe I'll just get some pity yeah, laughs. Yeah, just keep going with that. Yeah, I'll just keep rolling it <laughs> yeah. every time. So how much of an undertaking is this now? Because you have so much going on and now you just got uh, you're putting out the new album of course it's glaze coming out on in may 2019 which is just in a couple months if you're listening to this later on in the interview uh, or, or at whatever time you're listening to this interview it's coming a, l- a little bit later on in the next couple months but an undertaking of immense size going on a tour with one of the biggest bands in the world there's definitely a, a scale thing that is going to have to happen mm-hmm. you know we we have been playing club level shows you know yeah. usually about 500 person cap shows we've played a couple of big while. festivals too i mean we've played the main stage at sloss fest mm-hmm. um with uh jason isbell and laney and um the, you know that was probably five to ten thousand people but you know these arenas are twenty thousand people <laughs> arenas yeah. and so you know everything has to be much bigger mm-hmm. but i think we it's a mixture of two things we are not nervous about it one because We have worked really hard Mm -hmm. to get here Mm -hmm. to this level. We never imagined it would be like this right now. Mm -hmm. But to just get here, you know, it feels like, you know, our hard work is paying off in a way. And so, you know, you you get ready to step up to the plate and, and, you know, give it your all. Yeah. 
And then the other thing is is that we feel really lucky because the first arena tour we ever get to go on is with the Black Keys mm-hmm. and Patrick Carney, the drummer from the Black Keys, just produced our record mm-hmm. and he played drums on it too and we spent 20, 12 hour days in the studio with him and he has since become, you know, like a family member to us. So I, I feel just, like we get to go on the road with like our uncle. Yeah. Our uncle Patrick. I mean, we know what he <laughs> like likes and hands. we know what he doesn't like. We know how he operates. And so, you know, while we're not as close to like Dan yet, um, I think it's just like it makes it that much less nerve wracking because we know that the headliner is like Kristen said, like our uncle. So yeah. it just makes us feel like we want to make him really proud. But also we know like we don't have to be nervous about it. Mm-hmm. You know, from the few tracks that I've listened to on the new album Glaze that you have online, um, the, the sound is so so tight. It sounds so great. I love the blended voices that you guys have and the harmonies and the great popping synth that you guys throw in there, too. Um, So what kind of approach did Patrick bring to the new album? Wow, it was a completely new process for us. Um, Previously, we had gone, you know, our previous albums, we had been playing those songs out live Mm -hmm. for six months and when it was time to make an album it was just taking those songs that we had knew so well and had already been playing and mm-hmm. to get them on record you know to record them this process we had not been playing any of these songs out half of these songs weren't even a thought in our heads yet we had maybe you know 30 demos and song starts and things like that that we took so we were we were prepared in the sense that we had Material to take into the studio, but we were taking material that was not finished, mm-hmm. and some of which we just completely gutted and rewrote and reworked. And that process was totally new to us. It yeah. made us have to be on our toes and vulnerable <clears throat> to creating in the moment, and it sort of felt like you have this, you know, professor or something, this per- this person that you just sort of look up to so much on so many levels, mm-hmm. who's just sort of going, you know, with love and encouragement, but also sort of like, cool, I'll sit here while you guys figure this out. And we're <laughs> yeah. like, right, but right now in front of you, like, right. and it has to be the best thing we've ever written. And it has to be, you know, doing that in that kind right. of environment. But he wasn't like, you know, Time is money tapping. No, 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 he was like, he called us back. We thought the record was done, and he called us back in for another week to pretty much rewrite three of the songs on the record. I mean, he lives and breathes music. He's obsessed with music, mm-hmm. and so because of that, he paid more attention to certain things on the record than we did. He would call me and be like, you say this one word in this one sentence in this one song, and he's like, it, it changes the whole sentiment. We need to rewrite that word. And I was like, man, you're listening to this in a just different set of ears than even me. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. that was powerful. But also, he, um, I think sometimes if you trust the person that you're working with, they will, out of love and out of, you know, wanting the best possible finished product, they will be able to be honest and tell you when something sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, push you to, to, for you to, like, find your greatest. Mm -hmm. And to be, like... To be honest, right here is like Kristen and I aren't very good at like showing our cracks and like showing like our um, like imperfections in like a public setting. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you in the past records, it'd be like we're not getting this vocal part. So we would go home and like good little students, we would like practice it over and over again all night long and show up and try to nail it perfectly. Patrick wanted us to work through any things that weren't right any, any like shortcomings we were feeling or any or lack of creativity we had to work through on the spot 
So a little inside baseball, how do you work through that lack of creativity? Because I'm sure that there were times when you had teeny bits of songs yes. and you're like, all right, I know this great melody, like yes. la la la, and right. then how do we create a I song out of it? We each, I think when we're in a situation like that, I found that we each sort of went almost silently because since we're married, we have this you know ability to be in a band but like speak without speak you know mm-hmm. so we had we kind of I think went cool you've got the melody and I'm going to work on that how the words are re-. you know we each right. of our strengths sort mm-hmm. of immediately step forward so that hopefully I'm going to do the best job at what I'm better at and he's going to do the best job and then we're going to like get there together quickly right. mm-hmm. but it was a challenge for me too because I'm a I studied guitar in college and I was classically trained and stuff and I'm no in no way a virtuoso but guitar was a skill I always felt you know competent Mm -hmm. in to its big to its most max you know um so when it came to things like vocals, like or even like Kristen, like figuring out parts, you know, I've made three records with her, and I know how she operates. And if she's not getting through something, I know how she's going to react to that. And with me, it was especially difficult on this record, but it it was for the best. Mm-hmm. Was that Patrick broke down my guitar playing? Um, you know, he was like, "You're thinking of this tra- album or this track from a guitar player's perspective. You need to think of it from a songwriter's perspective or, or a from listeners' perspective." Listeners, interesting. And having to not, you know, overthink the guitars, mm-hmm. ha- having to get the best possible guitar take with one note or two notes, whereas I would add ten notes or something. Mm-hmm. There were days I would come home and I would just question whether or not I was even a good guitarist at points. He'd, but, say, he'd say, like, you know, you're playing guitar for other guitar players. Like, stop doing that. You okay, play okay, for, interesting. You know, and, yeah. um, yeah. but he was always, he was, like, a good coach because, like, we, he, when I was feeling really down about my own, you know, abilities, n- not that it wasn't good, but, like, you don't want, um, you know, Eddie Van Halen but playing on, like, I don't know, on, like, a jazz track or something like that. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So I, I was approaching it from a mm-hmm. guitar player's perspective. Mm-hmm. But he would always come back with, like, very strong compliments or very, like, very constructive criticism. And he wanted what was best for the song, and so did we. So so if you have no ego about it and right. you're not, as we say, like, too precious about, you know, oh, well, I have to write all the words, otherwise it's not coming, you know, or just whatever. We, we went into it very, you know, flexible and without ego. And mm-hmm. if something needed to change, we were like... Cool, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We will change it. We're not going to get obsessed with like, oh, but this is like my time to shine. Or, right, yeah. you know, it was like, no. I mean, we want what's best for the song, and he yeah. helped, he constantly helped us find that. And because of that, we were all three. I feel like firing on every like cylinder yeah. with creativity. Because Patrick played drums, but he also played guitar on a couple parts. He wrote lyrics. He, he wrote some melodies. Synth. He played synth. Kristen wrote some guitar parts. She's never played guitar in her life. Wow, cool. She would write guitar parts, and we wrote lyrics together. We've Those never... are the parts I'm most proud of, by the way. It's just like <laughs> I, I wrote a couple guitar parts on the yeah. record, and mm-hmm. I. It's funny to, on the flip side, be like. I feel like they're my little kids out there. <laughs> like, those are my parts. And again, with, like, there being no ego making this record, like, Patrick asked us early on, he was like, do you want to play drums or do you want me? And, like, it's Patrick Carney. He's a famous drummer. Like, of <laughs> yeah. course we want him to play on it. But the fact that he asked me was, like, all three of us working in a way that wasn't, like, a famous person and an uh, uh, unknown band mm-hmm. or, like, two p- we're making a record and Patrick is just the producer. Mm-hmm. It was three people in a room for... 
hundred out hundred hundreds of hours like making the best possible album that those three people could make and we all three have been really proud of it I will just end that story by saying I we were with the engineer Mark Whitmore the other day and he also just helped engineer the Black Keys record That's true. and I said to him it feels like what, what's it called Munchausen syndrome or what's yeah you're 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 loving your kidnap yeah I was like I feel like really connected to my captor mm-hmm. of 2012 hour days I mean because we didn't take lunch breaks we didn't so we had to sort of be head in the game mm-hmm. 12 hours straight for 20 days with no even like cool I'm going to step outside real quick and make this phone call or yeah. we're going to grab a bite to lunch and sort of re you know no it was like hard work 20 12 hour days straight and there wasn't like smoke breaks because like Patrick smokes in the studio so it was like <laughs> so there were know, no you could breaks. do when you're in the black keys yeah, you yeah. Do whatever you yeah. want so there, so there wasn't like <laughs> let's take 10 and like I'll grab a cig it was no, just like nope keep working you know what so I mean? I, we felt sort of like at the end of it we felt like wow we have been held hostage <laughs> and, I, and I love our cat after now, I feel this huge yeah. connection to. Yeah. So uh, I, I spoke to the guy who engineered and kind of helped John Mayer um, get his uh, foot in the door and make his first album. And he mentioned about a better time to write music. What time did you guys find the most creativity? Was it during morning or, or night? I, I mean, no one says morning, but. Right. Well, actually, you- funny enough, St. Vincent once was quoted. Uh, she said that her favorite time to write is when she's hungover because she said she feels like she's in a like almost a euphoric you're just in like a like a hazy headspace yeah. she said she writes best when she's hung over that sounds like the worst thing ever to me but <laughs> but more power to you girl mm-hmm. I was like I, I couldn't do it but there's not for us there's not a good best time to write for us mm-hmm. um there's a best state of mind mm-hmm. and we're we make our best music and we play our best shows when we're both voiding ourselves of like any fear of you know insecurities mm-hmm. and voiding ourselves of any ego and when we th- when we can strip those things it doesn't always happen and when we have fun together as a band like yeah. we learned really early on like play like get up there and play with your band because mm-hmm. have fun with them because no it, no matter what the audience is doing like it'll translate to them and it'll encourage them to have fun yeah. and if you're up there just sort of you know trying to I don't know be all controlled with it it's just I don't know I think we, we, we learned early on to have a lot of fun within our own yeah. situation, and mm-hmm. it makes the shows just a lot better no matter what. <laughs> I, yeah. lo- I love the dynamic between you two because it feels like you guys do have fun. You can see the energy and the excitement into your music. I think, what was I reading? Like Rolling Stone called you the most energetic yeah. band. Enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. They really set the bar there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's... We're not good. Like I said, there. I think there's two things I'm learning. We're not good at. It's like showing any imperfections. Like we, that scares us, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing that we're not good at is try, is trying to be cool. Like too cool for school, right? In a sense. Like we're just really not cool. Like we're just. I mean, I know it's not cool to be like really fucking excited mm-hmm. about this. Right. Sorry if I cursed. No, no, go go right ahead. I know it's not cool to be like really excited and just like, oh my god, can you freaking believe it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But that's how we feel 
feel every second because we feel like so excited to every person that wants to talk to us about music we're like you want to talk to us about music like this is just a crazy opportunity to have i don't know it just we played bonnaroo and even though we felt like we had worked hard to get to that level Mm -hmm. every second on that stage we were like we're we're at bonnaroo the the, what a mega festival too i I saw that that's great so what has been some of the the more important or moments the like oh my god moments where you're like we are on the stage at bonnaroo we're working with patrick carney in the studio right now um for me one of those big moments was the day after Bonnaroo, actually, when Rolling Stone put us in. Uh, it, the, the list ended up being the best, 30. the 31 best things we saw at Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. So. Um, wow. And for me, um, I grew up wanting to be a musician since I was 11. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even more than like playing Bonnaroo, I didn't know what Bonnaroo was when I was 11, but I knew what Rolling Stone was. Mm-hmm. I would read it every month. Um, that was a big turning point for me. I don't know. I just felt like really validated. Um, what about for you, hon? I, I mean, it. I, it's funny because I, I almost feel like we're we're sort of becoming these Bonnaroo undercard poster children because of the Rolling Stone thing and just because we ended up having the biggest crowd at our stage for the weekend and like mm-hmm. it just, and so we are just constantly singing Bonnaroo's praises for mm-hmm. sort of giving us that opportunity but I mean there are worse things I think to be to be considered because Bonnaroo really did sort of change our lives yeah. on a certain level there was sort of the band before Bonnaroo and the band after Bonnaroo yeah. that was I think probably the biggest turning point and Get- then the Patrick thing sh- sort of happened just after that and it felt like the Patrick thing was um, wild every second of it, but it was a slow start. It's like we did one song that turned into two songs that turned into him wanting to do the whole record mm-hmm. that turned into him wanting to be in the music video. Um, <laughs> so it, the Patrick thing has been like incredible, but it, was not, it wasn't like one big turning point. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, it mm-hmm. seems yeah. like, from mm-hmm. him. But the, phone, the the text we got in the middle of the night two weeks ago saying yeah. that we were going to go on tour with them. Oh, my God. And, just, and, just a text. But then on yeah. top of it... It's the biggest text of our life. Yeah, but then on top of it, it's also Modest Mouse. Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, these are two people... These are two bands that I would sit in my parents' garage and try to play drums and guitar mm-hmm. to, and, like, I never imagined that... They, I would be at the same table as them, you know what I mean? I would be on the same stage as them. Like, they're putting us in this world with them. And so that was more than announcing it, more than, like, you know, that was um, the probably one of the most vindicating moments of my life is feeling like... Somebody gets it. And, it's, and they're going to give us the chance. But yeah. two of the bands, you know, if we just got to go on tour with Modest Mouse, right. or, just got to, or if we got to do one show with them, but it, it felt like we didn't have to win some... Con, you know, contest or yeah. get a bunch of votes. We like worked like, really you hard. Really and just want to take us because we worked this hard taking, to get here. Yeah, you know? you know they take. Like think about like they those two bands feel confident enough in us as a band to like let us open the show for them on a tour. I don't know their to, first tour in years like, on an arena level. They could take right? anyone, mm-hmm. truly anyone. So I don't know. I just I'll never like forget that moment of getting that call because like you know I don't know it's like. We'll, we'll tour with lots of other bands and we'll have lots of other moments but like of, yeah. this is the first one Jeez, the first yeah. big moment so it's like 31 years of things you've been doing that, that like to lead you to a moment like this yeah 
I love that story. That that makes me feel so good. And people listening to this, I'm sure, are like, wow, you know, it can, it can really happen for me. I'm sitting in my garage, yeah. toiling over the like, latest Blink 182 song. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm like don't. Yeah, we were right there. If you're listening and you're an artist, like, don't ever get discouraged. Like, um, it's not always easy, mm-hmm. and it's like not always fun. And working through those makes. That makes the the fun and exciting times even sweeter. Mm-hmm. So when when we got that call, I thought the first thing I thought about is like all the hard times we've had as a band and all the hard things we've gone through because those all made us appreciate this moment that mm-hmm. much more. And that's really like all it took. Like I don't come from neither of us come from a musical family. Mm-hmm. Like neither of us come from like money or fame. Like none of us are like Instagram models on the side. <laughs> like there's nothing other than our hard work and our like um, commitment, commitment and our it. passion. Yeah. And that, and our drive that like got us here. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, keep at you, it. Keep at it. You don't have to have any other secret formula. Like that's it. Being mm-hmm. coming up as a band in Music City, I always sort of joke as it's like baptism by fire, right? Because you're just you're coming up as a band in the mecca. And you're talking about Nashville. And, yeah, yeah, Nashville. Yeah. Yes, everyone is. Everyone is a musician, so coming up and breaking out of the local scene in. Music City is just sort of a whole different level of, you know, and so I we always tell people just keep going. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times people in Nashville, there's sort of a, a joke around, you know, musicians that, like, if you just don't give up, you usually get there. Like, yeah. but a lot of bands, because it's so yeah. hard at times on the way to those moments mm-hmm. that it's just so easy to go, well, I just, I, I have to get a day job. I'm not, not making enough money to keep doing this or, you know, all of those things that are all valid and reasonable mm-hmm. and understanding. But a lot of times people in Nashville say, like, if you just don't quit Mm -hmm. (laughs) you'll eventually get there yeah and the the scene in Nashville is is wild because I was going to ask you um, I know you have punk rock roots and you kind of have like a like these weird 60s California thing and I I love that but in Nashville I feel like everything sways a little bit more country how does it feel to be a rock band in Nashville well um, it certainly sets us apart there is a good (laughs) rock scene there there's a lot of cool bands coming out of Nashville um and it comes and goes, you know, with the rock like scene there. Mm-hmm. That being said, Nashville's a good like place to to move to, um, but you don't want to stay in Nashville if you want to get your name out there. So it's a good centrally located town. Mm-hmm. That you can get to Atlanta. You can get to yeah, Chicago. From which you should be touring. But I think the bands that just tend to come to Nashville and try to make their way through music in Nashville mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah. Somebody yeah. once told us just like keep doing things that people can't ignore and it doesn't matter what genre of music it is if you're doing stuff that people can't ignore then at some point they'll take you seriously i mean i know after we announced that tour the other day that there were friends from back home that didn't think we'd ever make it yeah that you know that now we're seeing what we're doing (laughs) you know so we're doing things people can't ignore and you know you just have to keep figuring out ways to do that um also say like right now is a really good time for rock and roll yeah because you know the strokes are working on they have a new song out um and then or or the strokes have an album out the black keys have a new song out um cage elephant you know has a new record out there's a lot of like really great rock bands that are coming out this year with music so it's going to be a really good year for that for rock yeah for like you know live live bands and guitar bands guitar rock so you know It's the genre's not dead. You mm-hmm. just have to, you have to find ways to make it interesting. Yeah, and that's with any genre. 
Yeah. So, um, as I don't want to say an up and coming band because we just talked about yeah, the lifetime of work that you guys no, put I into, mean, but it often, are, ha- yeah. it often seems overnight when you put in 30 yeah. some right. years. Um, what are some of the bands that you're listening to these days and, and who would, sure. who would you tell people to go in and check out? Oh gosh. Well, we both agree. I mean, sometimes we're like the same person. Yeah. So, uh, we both completely love the band always. Mm-hmm. Oh my. So good. I mean, yes, Molly, that band, they can do absolutely no wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's funny as we were putting out our new music this last week, I said to Jared, what am I going to do when always puts out their next music? I'm going to freak. I'm going to be completely on the other side of this, being like, they have a record coming out. Um, Broncho Broncho Um, just put out what we thought was the best album of the year. Of 2018, hands down. Mitski, I'm really loving right now. Um, I really like the new KG Element stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot I of love like, the new Black Key single. Not not just because we're partial, but I think that it's I think that it's great. We're really big fans of like the Ravenettes too. Like mm-hmm. we've been going back and listening to some of their old catalog stuff. And um, I don't know, Pup is a cool band out of Canada that we really like. We like a lot of Canadian we like Fiddler. bands. Yeah, Fiddler, I cool. love Canadian See, bands. This is so interesting because it, it spans all genres. Yeah. Well, we, I was gonna say Casey Musgraves too. That record is like I'm so glad she won Album of the Year because that album is in my mind perfect. Yes. Yeah, that was such a good album, and like, it was funny because I saw the albums that were up for it. Yeah, like Kendrick Lamar, he might take it. Yeah. Right. And all these directions, but I'm like, you can't deny how good that album was. Yeah. It's so good. No matter who you are and what you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really exciting time, too. Um, we're big fans of, like, streaming music and stuff like that, you know, because we feel like music discovery is a really important thing, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that, like, somebody can go and listen to a country record and then listen to our record and then go listen to Fiddler, you know, and go listen to, you know, um, Childish Gambino and stuff yeah. like that, because we want that. We want that diversity because we like that diversity. I mean, we're, we like all different kinds of music and you know I think it's like there's so much good music out there it's like uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you only stick to one genre cool cool very cool alright we're speaking with Jared and Kristen and if I can close out the interview yeah. with something a little bit more fun a little bit more yeah. light by the way pick up their album Glazed uh, coming out in May I, I'm so stoked for you guys Thank you. everything is, is, is looking up <laughs> and it just won't stop it's like it's not to go back with a pun but it's like a rolling stone yeah. of what you guys are doing <laughs> thank yeah. you alright so let's do a quick lightning round here sound sessions lightning round coffee or tea coffee, Ooh, coffee. Mm-hmm. French favorite? press to be exact yeah wow black fancy on yes, no cream black. or sugar yeah. yeah. How long did it take you to get into just the black? Kristen's way more hardcore in everything than me, so yeah. she taught me how to drink whiskey neat and coffee black. Um, and every Welcome time to the dark side. Thank you. Every time it was like I drank it with cream and sugar, I met her and I was like, I, well, I can't have my wife drinking it black, and I'm over here like, I need cream and sugar, please. Me, <laughs> you know. I was like, she's just so hardcore and awesome. And like same with whiskey, she's like, I'll take it neat, and I'm like, I need it with soda. So I just some point I was like, all right, I gotta just like suck it up and you know be tough because uh, she's tough. So. Yeah. Right on, right on. All right, so what's the first internet site you look in at the morning? Ooh, that's a great question. Oof. Mine's not very exciting. I literally opened three different Gmail windows, <laughs> Dropbox, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm an I follow I follow Spotify stats like it's fantasy football. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Nice. He does. She that. doesn't like it, but I like I like like to look and see what other bands' stats are. I oh, like to see what yeah. mine are. So the, either that or the Washington Post. I'm like a dad. <laughs> I get my coffee and my Washington his Post. His band name is Pop Pop. They so call me Pop Pop. If you're ever imagining what he's doing, it's something dad like. You're yeah. you're probably gonna be right. Cooking and all, you know, cooking like you know, I got flapjacks, honey, and I'm like reading the news. I don't know, something boring like that. And you're like, all right, now it's time to go to the con, the rock concert. Yeah, United exactly. Center. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we have a grand old time. on, we were not cool. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what's the song you sing the loudest in the car together? Oh, oh. together. Oh, it doesn't have to be together. It's, it's there's different. Archie, ones. marry me by always. Oh, yeah. Or um, lately we've been singing a song called "Bang" by the Ravenettes. Yes, that mm-hmm. one. It's an older song, but it's really good. All right. How about best venue you've played? Ever? Well, the first one that comes to mind, uh, there was one in San Francisco, the Independent. Yes. Um, they just their staff was great. The green room was great. We had driven like 17 hours, and the green room was stocked with everything we needed. Mm-hmm. That and then that great. show was sold out, mm-hmm. so the whole experience was like, this yeah. place is amazing. Um, <laughs> otherwise, is there any others to stand out? Oh gosh, I mean. Um, it's uh, for all different reasons. Like, yeah, we love mm-hmm. tidballs and Bowling Green because that's right. where like Cage the Elephant Cops came up, started, and it's yeah. like just comfy and cool, and we can do whatever we want there. And, yeah. and there's there's venues like that that we love. Um, we love oh, to go I to. Know. Go ahead. Oh. Were you going to probably uh, the same? Well, I was going to say Lee's Palace in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Um, because we love Canada and we love Toronto. It's such a cool city. Everyone there is like really into music and mm-hmm. especially rock music. But um, it's also where they shot uh, like half of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> so for me, I got to geek yes. out and like I'm like, oh, and I went back and watched the movie. I'm like, we played right there on that stage. Like, yeah. uh, like half the band scenes are all shot there. So it was really. And it was cool. also that that was the night that our last record came out. So it was sort of a euphoria. Night anyway. We were in Canada for our album release and playing the Scott Pilgrim stage. So it was like, this is cool. Yeah. That is, I I love that movie. I love that answer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was Um, cool. All right. So the last question What kind of motto do you guys tell yourself, maybe in the morning or some kind of mantra that you guys live by? Oh, I know. This hails from our second record, Floral Canyon. We uh, we had a sign up in the studio the whole time. Um, I can tend to be shy, and I had, and especially in like a studio setting, and we had this sign up that said, "Just fucking try it," mm-hmm. and that was our motto through the whole album. Yeah. And we we later realized that motto kind of carried on throughout, you know, our day to day. I think it's something that we both remember a lot, especially in times where. You know, we're sort of on the spot, and someone's going, do this, and our, it, it would be our natural tendency, or at least mine, to be like, uh, yeah, uh, to get out of I our comfort zone. Do Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I have two. Uh, one is from our manager, uh, and it's uh, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about that all the time. And the other thing is that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it because, you know. That's a good one. It's yeah. always fun, and it's always exciting. It is very rarely easy. So. And, then, and then we have a joke one that we say with our band and our tour manager where he always says when we're getting ready to leave, we can't leave till we get there, kids. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. So we say that one a lot, too. All right. This is repeat, repeat. Jared and Kristen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us in our sound sessions today. Thanks for having us. We love Chicago. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure.
Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at SoundSeshPod, and check us out on Instagram at SoundSessionsWGN.